Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. Just thinking about God and all that he's done, all of his love and all of his mercy that he has shown. Hallelujah. God is faithful. I'm thankful to know him as the faithful God. Amen. The first man who called him a provider only described a fraction of God and who he was. The first one to call him a healer only described a portion of who God was. The first one defined his victory and his saving power only found a portion of who God really is. And I'm thankful tonight that I know how faithful God is. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to read from the book of Matthew and the 21st chapter. Amen. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew in the 21st chapter, starting in the 18th verse, it says, Now in the, in the morning, as he returned into the city, he hungered. Amen. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, He came to it and found nothing thereon but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Amen. And I want to just talk to you for a moment about the heart of a servant. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I thank you, Lord, for the privilege to stand in this position. I thank you for the honor, Lord, to stand in your presence tonight, God. Lord, please, God, convey to us what heaven would say tonight. Lord, have your way in this service, God, and we thank you for the mighty work that you have planned for us. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Jesus and his disciples were returning into the city whenever Jesus hungered. 
I love reading this passage of scripture because rarely do you find in scripture that Jesus was hungry. But on this day, on this occasion, the scripture records that he was hungry for fruit. And when he went to the fig tree, he found no fruit on the fig tree. And when Jesus saw, if you will, that a tree that should be bearing fruit was barren, he cursed it to never be able to bear fruit again. Amen. And this leads us to believe that, that, that it was the season for the fig tree to be bearing fruit. Amen. We can apply this to our lives as servants of God. The scripture says that they will know us by our fruit. Amen. I don't want to be the one caught when God is hungry for the opportunity to use me and I am barren of fruit. Amen. Just like this tree, we can see that God doesn't want you lukewarm. Amen. That's what he told the churches in Revelation. He said, you need to return to your first works, return to your first love, because he said, I don't want you, I would rather you be hot and I would rather you be completely cold. But he told him, he said, if I find you lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Amen. I want to be found bearing fruit when the Lord desires to use me. Amen. The term servant, not that any of us would not know what that is, but it's defi- it is defined as a devoted and helping follower. Amen. And I just want to take my time tonight, if it's all right, and read through several scriptures. You don't have to follow along. Just help me out, amen. Several scriptures that the Bible refers to servants. Amen. And this will help us see the anatomy of a servant in the scripture. So if we were to ask ourselves, how should a servant think? The Bible says in the book of Philippians, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have to have the mind of Christ to be a servant of Christ. Amen. If we were to ask, what is the servant's reward? The Bible says in Matthew, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That is the servant's reward. God will never let a servant's work go unrewarded. Amen. If we ask ourselves, what is the mission of a servant? The Bible says in the book of Luke, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Jesus was not only speaking to a select few when he gave the the sermon on the mount where he said, go ye therefore and preach the gospel unto all the nations, amen. 
that was addressing the church and the servants of the kingdom of God when he said this. So he told them, he said, go out and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says that no man can serve two masters. Amen. For he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You see, a lot of times as Christians, we're taught to read this scripture from the point of view of money. Because mammon was translated as money. Amen. But it goes with anything. It goes back to the early early Ten Commandments of the Old Testament when he said, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You're either going to love me and despise the things of the world that are bidding for your attention, or you're going to love the things of the world and despise me. He said, you can't have it both ways. Amen. So that is the call of a servant. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ. We are all servants of the Almighty God. Amen. The book of Proverbs says says it this way. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Amen. This is all part of being a servant of God. The Bible also says in the book of John, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. When God gets ready to use somebody, he expects them to bear fruit and to be in his spirit. Amen. This is about walking in a relationship with God. And he said, him will my father honor. Amen. God loves servants. When you consider David, the Bible talks of David as having the heart of God. And you can see this all through the life in the story of David. David was a man that loved to worship God. He desired to be able to build God's temple. Amen. He had the heart of God. And if you look at Saul, on the other hand, who was the Almighty, the ruler before David, he was the man in Israel. God sought to replace Saul with David because while Saul was disobeying God's law and commandment, David was busy hiding God's word in his heart. God loves servants. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Galatians, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. In other words, don't use this liberty to sin and then ask for forgiveness time and time and time again. But he said, but by love serve one another. 
Amen. There are roles that a servant is meant to play within the church. God called us to serve one another. And he said to do this by love. Amen. If you were to ask what a servant should wear, the Bible says, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Amen. The Bible says they'll know us by the fruit that we bear. Hallelujah. This sounds like some pretty good fruit to me. Amen. I would like to be recognized as a Christian by bearing this fruit. Hallelujah. In the book of John, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The servant is not greater than, this, than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Amen. Jesus was relating himself to a servant. Amen. And everything that Jesus did in his ministry was as an example to follow. The Bible says, let a man also account for us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. He has called us as servants to the kingdom of God, not only to be ministers of Christ, but to be stewards. Amen. Of the kingdom. Hallelujah. The Bible also says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. You were bought to be a servant. Amen. We were bought to be servants. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. And Paul told Timothy, he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Amen. He said, don't you God, don't you make God ashamed of the work that you're doing. He said, bring yourself forward and give it your best. He said, prove yourself to God that he would approve the work that he has done in you. Amen. He said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. Going back to the original scripture that I read, if you think about the fact that Jesus was on his journey and he hungered for fruit, whenever he went to this fig tree, my mind goes back to the beginning of time when Jesus, when God himself stepped into the void of darkness and said, let there be light. Whenever he spoke the earth into existence, he gave everything on earth the seed that it needed to reproduce. And when a fig tree, for example, did not have that seed, the reason that Jesus cursed it and it withered away presently was the fact that it did not have the seed to 
produce fruit. Amen. God desires our fruit. Amen. There is one aspect that I would like to point out tonight of servants that drift too far. Amen. He said, you can't have two masters. You've got to love one and hate the other. My mind goes to Paul when he was giving his last orders. Paul knew he was fixing to die. And he was telling them, he said, he was telling them who to go get and send to take up his ministry. And then it's almost as the scripture just pauses whenever Paul gets to Demas. Because he says, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. I think that that would almost be the most devastating way to be mentioned in the Bible, perhaps other than Judas, was to be known for forsaking the call, forsaking the cause, because you loved the present world too much. Amen. Lot's wife was turned to a pillar of salt because she looked back after they were led to safety from all of that destruction. And in her defense, if that is possible, you know, she could have been looking back because she was thinking of friends and people that she had grown attached to, that she had left in all of that destruction. She could have had, a, had an affection for earthly things such as the home that they were leaving behind. So we cannot condemn her altogether as a human for wanting to look back at the things that God had called her from. But the fact that she looked back bears the same testimony as Demas. For they loved the world too much to let go. Amen. I never want to get so saved, if I can use that as a reference, that I forget what's around me. Amen. That I can forget the mistakes that I've made. That I can forget where God has brought me from, what God has kept me from. Amen. Because it's times when we get to this point that it's easiest to fall. Because you forget where God has pulled you up from. It's easy to forsake this cause whenever you lose sight of the important things of God. Because if you're not careful, the world presents itself in such a lovely and persuading manner. Amen. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves in the same boat as Demas and the same situation as Lot's wife to where things in the world are glittering shinier than things in the church and it'll catch our attentions. And before you know it, it catches our affections. Amen. But in order to keep the heart of a servant, 
you must keep the mind of Christ. Amen. Jesus was never found on this earth boasting and lifting himself up. That's the mind of Christ. Jesus always put others before himself. That's the mind of Christ. He died. The, the, the scripture says that he died almost to pay a ransom, as the scripture says, for our souls. And he did it because he loved us. Amen. I don't ever want to forget what God has done for me and what God has kept me from because I always want to remain a servant of God. I don't want to be caught as Demas to where I love the things of this world too much. That, it, that God grows dim in my sights. Amen. And that would be an easy thing to do if we allow ourselves to slip away from the spirit of being a servant. Amen. From the spirit of being a servant. When the scripture says that they will know us by the fruit that we bear. We need to consider as Christians the type of fruit that we are bearing. Amen. Is it representable of what God has done for you in your life? Amen. Are we living a life that others would want to live? Amen. It's all part of being a servant for the kingdom of God. And we never need to forget the fact that Paul said it about Demas. For he hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. You can't love the world and love God. That doesn't mean you have to live in a cardboard box. That doesn't mean you can't participate in things. But we can never put it before God. He said, you should have no other gods before me. Amen. And anything, anything can be a God. Amen. But we must be as servants. When the, when the Bible said in the book of Galatians, when, when, when it was written that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. And there is neither male nor female. Anybody can be a servant. And that may sound elementary to us tonight. But one of my favorite stories in the Bible is whenever Saul was on the road to Damascus and he was blinded by Jesus. Whenever he was still called Saul and he was a murderer, he had blood on his hands. And before he knew anything about this Christian walk, God spoke to a man named Ananias. And when he went in to see this murderer that had very likely condemned his very friends to death for being a Christian, the Bible says that he addressed him as brother. Amen. You got to think about what that would take to call a murderer 
somebody who you know good and well would pull your family in the street and have you stoned or beheaded. It would take a whole lot of Jesus to call this man brother. But you see, he had the heart of a servant. And Jesus told him where to find this man named Saul because Jesus saw a greater work in the making. And it doesn't matter as Christians, it doesn't matter what they look like. And if I may be frank, it doesn't matter what their past is like. You may be calling the next Saul, the next Paul, brother. And man, if you can get past all the junk, you may be calling the next great missionary. And man, you may be calling the key to saving your family, brother or sister. That's the point of being a servant, having the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ was all about souls. It boils down to one thing when Jesus, it doesn't matter what, what miracle you pull out of the book. It doesn't matter what story you want to reference. The point of it all, the reason that he opened blind eyes, the reason that he raised the dead was to minister and to reach the lost because that is the heart and the mind of God. And he said, for this mind to be in you also, which was in Christ Jesus. When we get a mind for souls, that's when we become servants. When we become soul winners, that's when we bear the fruit that Jesus God Almighty hungers for. Amen. Whenever we are able to bear the fruit of a soul winner, then we will be servants and have the heart of a servant and the mind of Christ. Amen. And the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, as, as a Christian, we, we base our salvation on the, the point and the parable where he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And man, we all want to hear that one day. We never want to hear him say, I never knew you. Go on. Amen. And I'll just relate this to me, and if you find yourself in there, you can apply it to you too. But heaven is about souls. Amen. And if I get so angry in my flesh that I find it hard to worship with somebody, I can't expect to be able to go to heaven and do it there. Amen. If I've got things in my life that are hindering me worshiping with a brother or sister, I can't expect to make it to heaven to worship on the other side with them. Amen. And of course, the way that this may be justified And it's kind of comical, but we would assume they're not going to make it. But we need to evaluate ourselves as servants. What does a servant think like? What does a servant do? What is a servant's mission? 
Amen. What is a servant's reward? What does the spirit of a servant wear? Amen. Because we were all called for one purpose. And regardless of our talents, it wasn't to, it wasn't, I'll just pick on myself tonight. It wasn't to play the piano. It wasn't to sing. But I was called to have the heart and the mind of Christ and to be a soul winner. Amen. That's what everyone was called for. God never called us to sit on a pew. Amen. God never gave you the testimony that you have and the power in that testimony to keep it silent. Amen. But God gave us that testimony in order to witness, amen, and to be a servant. As the musicians get ready, the most frightening thing about Paul's reference to Demas is the fact that Demas had walked with Paul. He knew Paul personally as a friend, as a companion in ministry. Amen. Demas wasn't some new convert. He wasn't fresh in from the bar stool. Demas had a testimony. Amen. And Demas had a calling. He was right up there in the sense that Paul, today we would call him a missionary. Amen. So we're not just talking about somebody who was blowing hot and cold. He wasn't somebody who was all the time getting in and out. This was somebody who loved Christ at one time. Amen. But Paul said that Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world. And we hear it all the time. There's nothing wrong with things. I firmly believe that when Jesus told the rich young ruler to go and sell all that he had, I believe he was only testing him. He wanted to see the motive in the man's heart. Amen. If he wanted it bad enough to get rid of the worldly possessions. And I don't want to be found as a servant when Jesus hungers to use us. I don't want to be one found without bearing fruit. Amen. Having loved this present world. Amen. Can we stand tonight?
when you consider the severity of the situation. Paul knew what was coming next. He had already found it in himself that he was fixing to go and be killed. He was going to be turned over. He was going to be taken to the street and slaughtered, if you will. Because they hated him. They hated the ministry. And Paul was going through his final affairs, if you will, and getting them in order. He said, send this one over here and send this one over here. And by the time he got down to Demas, you can't send him. He's forsaken me because he loved the world too much. And the thought that scares me the most is when Paul was sending those ministers out. Think about the people that Demas was supposed to reach. We're not talking about modern day technology. They couldn't view this live stream. They were depending on a man to deliver a message. And Demas loved this world too much. Amen. Demas loved this world too much. Now, yes, God could have had another plan, and he probably did. But as far as we know, the assignment that Demas would have had went unfulfilled. Amen. I don't want to be found as somebody not bearing fruit, but I want to be found as somebody who has the heart of a servant and the mind of Christ. Amen. Because whenever you have the heart of a servant combined with the mind of Christ, you're talking revival. Amen. Because when you combine the heart of a servant, which is to serve others, And to serve Christ along with his mind. The one thing that made Jesus give his life. Were humans just like you and me. That was the mind of Christ. Jesus did not do it for show. Amen. He knew he was God all by himself. But that's the mind of Christ. Amen. Can we just make an altar where we stand? Lord, I want to be found as a servant. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've given and all that you've done. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. 
Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.